0: and i'm like holy shit we have so much more work to do and humanity and i'm having a conversation about the spirit of money and currency i watched this gorgeous video that isabella grazia sent to me which was like the woman who was talking in the video was saying how money like for every dollar that you get someone has touched that dollar and the consciousness of how they use that dollar and like the spiritual aspect of how they've used that dollar is attached to that dollar. So when you have problems, which I have had in my lineage and like in myself, having like large sums of money and keeping large sums of money, it's because I feel like an intense resistance. Oh, I'm a part of this this like capitalistic machine. I'm a part of this and that. And I've told myself things like, oh, if you get a lot of money, you're somewhere subconsciously if you're going to be a, like not the same person you're going to be different and this woman was like if anything money brings out that darkness it shows you where who you already are and it just highlights it more but it also all of that energy has a wave attached to it and sometimes if you feel that subconsciously you're probably going to want to resist it.
1: This is a podcast for you. This is a podcast for me. This is a podcast for the world we want to see. This is an ode to the commons from which we have fallen. This is a prayer for our return, for the return of a smile, for the return for a while, to the village, to the passion, to the expression, to the journey, to the spirit. My name is Aliko. I'm an event producer, designer, photographer, coach, Serial entrepreneur, community curator, and anti-capitalist somatic historian. In this podcast, we explore the many threads of what holds us all in the fabric of life, spirit, business, liberation, music, culture, nature, and more. We the people join you the people for the people podcast. hi y'all i'm so excited to welcome Brittany, brit for short to the podcast today she is a dear dear friend of mine i call her Brittany, and then i say her last name and i won't hear just in case she doesn't want me to call her britney blank queen of queens she is the queen of queens she's gorgeous she's funny she's so beautiful um uh, you can follow her at heirloom.wellness on instagram and i'll just share a little bit about her now Brit is a multimedia African and Native American artist. On her heirloom.wellness Instagram, you'll find her juicy fruit earrings and other wellness products for sale. And equally as engaging are her words within her posts about her journey as an artist, which are comforting and reveling. She's not just radiant, she's radical and real. And it's so fucking true. I love Brittany so much. Um, We share community, overlapping community. Um, She's brilliant. She's bright. She's beautiful. And we often share a lot about the hard stuff um, that we go through together just in general and in life and as black spiritual artists who function a lot in very white spaces uh, and our experiences with that. And actually today is a little bit about that and just a little bit about um, our lives in more intimate setting, and I really hope you enjoy. Um, this is this is some real real talk um, about about life and how we feel as uh, in the bodies we are in the Pacific Northwest in the place we are. So I hope you enjoy, and make sure to follow Britt. She is fire. Um, sending you all love.
0: So what's your rose and your thorn?
1: My rose is that I saw an incredible documentary last night called Common Ground that was a, literally has the potential to change the whole world. It's a documentary made about how our food is grown and how poise, like literally our food is insanely poisonous. It's so bad. And and essentially, they told the history of food in the US in relationship to World War II and how all the war machines used were then brought back from World War II to like and changed to then go to war with our soil, essentially. And yeah, it was it's terrible. But they also did an incredible job of weaving indigenous wisdom and the history of african-american food sovereignty into the film in Mm. such a good way and then also broad perspectives of like republicans and democrats and how everybody is coming together on this common ground of regenerative agriculture which is something indigenous people have been doing forever and Mm -hmm. lila june there's a couple people i knew in the film lila june celebrities it was like Donald Glover and like all these epic Woody Gar, I don't remember his last name, but all these epics celebrities were in the film, as well as a couple of people I know, Lila June and Leah Pennyman, who's the f- sister of an acquaintance of mine slash friend of mine, Naima Pennyman, who is part of Climbing Poetry, who I've hung out with a little bit. Oh, cute. I know. It was so good. How
0: did you find out about this movie?
1: I don't know. It was in the, uh, one of our threads and then it was in one of our threads. I didn't get a ticket and then Morgan got COVID and then I got a ticket. Yeah. And then that's my rose. Okay. And my thorn is, oh my God. Yeah. Honestly, just stuff is just, I'm just looking at a lot of what shadow, shadow work and like ways I've carried power and like also in relationship to ways that I don't carry power in society and how in some places, spaces, like I don't have any power and some places I've been overpowerful and how that's been damaging. And like, how do I just walk with, how do I realign my power as a trans black Jew who has a lot of power in some spaces, but doesn't in others? Like, how do I navigate that? It feels so wonky to my nervous system, my body. What is it What does it mean for me as a community leader, as all these things, as a business coach, all these things, like where I hold power, what does it mean for me to be in right relationship with power while also holding all these identities?
0: It's tough. I think depending on what circumstances you're in, some are going to be easier than others to have those conversations with your community, right? Because I feel like a lot of times when I think about how power is wielded whether it's at a job or in a household or a dynamic between two lovers, I think a lot of it starts with trying to root that in conversation. Hey, I don't feel powerful right now and I'm acting out in these ways that are unhealthy and I would like to be seen and heard in this. Is there a way that we can have this conversation? and Opening that door, but depending on who you're with and where you're at, those conversations don't even get to start because... For instance, I work at a small corporation and who am I starting that conversation with? Who am I talking to? The HR lady who has some power, but is really on the side of the corporation. Is she going to care about the workers or the people who are hiring her, the people who are making sure that her her place there continues to hold power? Is that something that she wants within herself to mm. to even have that conversation? I think about those things a lot in like areas where I don't hold power or I don't feel like I'll ever be able to just because the dialogue isn't even happening within the people I'm around. And it's, oh, you want to bring that up? It's like you're basically trying to be like a tiny little ant knocking on the door. That's
1: crazy because <laughs> you're the giant. Because you're the giant.
0: I am the genius. <laughs> in some ways I am, right? In other ways, I don't know. But I feel you in that. I think you do. You, When I look at you, Lico, I definitely look at somebody who, it, like I've seen you in powerful positions or positions of like leadership. And so to hear you say, oh, you don't have you don't feel like you have power in some areas or you just feel powerless. It's, it's so interesting to hear it because I'm like, well, of course, everyone deals with that. But I'm like, I don't even think about that sometimes with you. I'm like, oh no, he goes, got it. Like, you got it. But then it's now we all have this somewhere in our lives. And it's probably for the best. If you're always on top, then you never know what it's like to be on the other side. And I don't feel like that's fair karmically. How are you really going to learn if you're always at this high position?
1: Ooh, that's so real yeah, you know what's coming? That's line from that song. sometimes love knocks you down. It knocks you down so you get back up when it knocks you down. Yeah, it's just like you have to get knocked down to. I was watching this video on Shadow work the other day and, uh, and manifestation in relationship to manifestation. And it was saying you go down to do shadow work so you can climb higher, essentially. Shadow work the deep lows is part of your manifestation process. And so I'm just like really integrating that of, wow, I've gotten so down under here, but it's to climb back up in a right way because I think a better part of this year I've spent prioritizing, not prioritizing the right things and focusing really actively on my work and my career because I thought I needed to make more money to provide for people and that I was in relationship with. And I thought that was love. Like I thought me providing was love Mm -hmm. and it's not. And that's something I learned the hard way. And I'm realizing like what actual active love is in relationship And so to get a lot of my power taken away through this process and to just fall, just like deeply fall, like it's to climb back higher in right relationship and in right alignment. I feel that. And slowly I'm at like, if I was at 0%, I'm back. I'm still at a solid like 30. I'm at a 30%. You're getting there. I'm getting there. There's... (laughs) Important stuff that's happening at this 30%. There's important lessons and important. Yeah. Working (laughs) inside. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's important to be at that 30%. It's important to know what that looks like. I honestly, sometimes I cherish the nitty gritty, icky like aspects of our own psyche because you're not like, I just feel like the people who are able to do the work are the people who are going to work in themselves. And I'm like, you have to be there sometimes. And it's not beautiful. It's not cute. It's yeah, I wanna show up like looking like a glamor queen all of the time for everyone, but that's not realistic. I don't know why we have those tropes grilled into us so heavily. I've been thinking about that a lot this week. Like what, like, why do I think that I need to be on all the time like why is it important that people see me on all the time and with my situation with my car breaking down a big conversation a lot of like conversations around like ah, similarly like power like where money is going in society has been one conversation but the other conversations have been for me like How are people showing up in support and in the negative ways? How are those like? How are some people showing up? And some things I'm noticing, and most of them are people don't want to deal with their own shadows. People are ashamed when other people even call any attention to any shadows that exist at all in humanity. And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) that's wild. We all have the same shadow. Maybe there's some different aspects in there, but it's they're all our ours. We are collective. (laughs) <laughs> attached yes. to this like ickiness and this lightness, okay. all of that. So I just find it funny to kind of. I feel like I'm almost waking up in this hard time. I'm like, no, I feel like I'm seeing something I would have never seen. If my car didn't give out. I would have never noticed this, and I needed to see this. And mm. I need I feel like spirit is like, no. I need to work with you through this, and I understand this sucks, but trust me. You're the only one who might be getting this mess. I don't feel like a lot of people are like seeing where we're at. And I'm like, holy shit, we have so much more work to do and humanity. And I'm having a conversation about the spirit of money and currency. I watched this gorgeous video that Isabella Grazia sent to me, which was like the woman who was talking in the video was saying how money like for every dollar that you get, someone has touched that dollar. And the consciousness of how they use that dollar and like the spiritual aspect of how they've used that dollar is attached to that dollar. So when you have problems, which I have had in my lineage and like in myself having like large sums of money and keeping large sums of money, it's because I feel like an intense resistance. Oh, I'm a part of this, this like capitalistic machine. I'm a part of this and that. And I've told myself things like, Oh, if you get a lot of money, You're somewhere subconsciously, if you're going to be like not the same person, you're going to be different. And this woman was like, if anything, money brings out that darkness. It shows you where who you already are and it just highlights it more. But it also, all of that energy has a wave attached to it. And sometimes if you feel that subconsciously, you're probably going to want to resist it. Whoa what is all of this? Every dollar has been somewhere and touched something that probably isn't the best for anybody. And because I'm so righteous, I want to say (laughs) in my spiritual path, I find that I often will resist going into the darkness sometimes and really looking at some of that stuff. So I'm no different. I'm just like thinking how all these funny things are connected. And that's just one aspect, but
1: yeah, I have a follow up question for you. I have comment on the a spirit of money because I work a lot with that in my work. But I also have a so I think I'll go there first, and then I'll, I'll loop back around to the question of what other shadows you've been seeing in people, like slash the collective that's been really prevalent for you this week. Mm-hmm. But first, yeah, I think and talk a lot about the spirit of money in my work, and specifically around like how. I invite people often to tap into the spirit of money. Like the spirit of money is sad and broken. The spirit of money is, doesn't even know who it is anymore. It's been so bastardized and wrecked by capitalism. And lately I've been separating money and capitalism into two separate things. Mm -hmm. Money in an entirely different system could be supportive of the people. In a different system, money inside Mm -hmm. of capitalism wrecks, wrecks everyone, but money could be used for good in a different, if put in a different system. And so I tap into the spirit of money and the spirit of money is sad and broken and it's please help. I'm hurting so much. I'm hurting so much. And for me, that has been an invitation to attempt to serve money well. Mm -hmm. And so I don't make tons of money, but I don't make no money. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I invite money into my life in order to be used well. Mm -hmm. And I want to see what is possible with when you do have, if money Exacerbates our spirit, our well, our who we are. Like, what's possible? When I have more money, I give more money. Like, friends are in need, like, I'll throw them some, it's not a lot, but I'll throw money where I can. And so I also choose to buy really good food because our food's fucking poisonous. And I will, I like nice things. So I'll spend money on like living in a beautiful space and also i'm realizing like yeah it's like at the end of the day money cannot buy happiness at all i learned that lesson so hard i was going through a breakup recently and i was also planning to buy my friend's tesla all summer i got it uh and i the first night i had it i like cr- was like crying in it oh i was my like <laughs> not okay at all and I was like none of this shit matters at all (laughs) and I gave it back I literally gave it back yeah because I'm like this is what I was focused on like getting all summer you know what I mean yeah no it's such bullshit it's real bullshit and so I'm really reorienting to Going back to the basics like i'm about to move and sell all my things and give away lots of things and have people hold on to like beautiful pieces of art that i have and so caretake it and and going back to the basics i'm going to go on the road i'm still going to be build my business i'm still going to do whatever but i'm just going to go back to the basics yeah. and like focus on what actually matters and that's a collective shadow i've had to examine like there my one of my collective shadows is that i want power And for me, Mm -hmm. I thought that meant material because I feel so powerless in my identities in the world as a trans black man, a big black man. I just want to say that too. Like I dress well, I dress nice for safety. I -hmm. like want to drive a Tesla to feel safer and to be respected. Yeah. A lack of respect in my identities in the world and I want power to be respected. Mm -hmm. And for me, though, that's like what I'm learning is, yes, I can have power in these certain ways to be respected. And also real power, real aligned power comes from doing this work, comes from deepening and unearthing the shadow stuff and is is being in alignment with others and ourselves. Like real power is right alignment and right relationship with power. And I guess to follow through on my coming back to you around that question, like you were saying, like spirit had told you, you were like one of the only people to be able to see this right now. What is it that you're seeing in people or in yourself or in the collective around (laughs) this shadow besides like the money thing?
0: I think it's something that I already hit on earlier, which is just like how afraid we are to talk about our own struggles and our shadows and what we're going through. And I'm re- I didn't realize how big of a thing that was, but I'm like, hey, like on social media, what are we mostly posting about? It's got to be listening. funny. It's got to be cute. Yeah. It's got to be. I dress so well today. Look at what I'm wearing. It's got to be like quick and entertaining and not. And I don't want to uh, exclude when there is like wellness based things because I think that's becoming way more popular. Absolutely. But how often do I curate <clears throat> myself to have this adorable picture to something real? I might say like o- often, always And it made me realize when I started talking about, hey, actually, I need help. Like, I'm going through a hard time. It almost felt, and I could sense, I could just sense in my entire being, like like all of these different judgments. It could be good, it could be bad, but they were all these different judgments. And I felt it all over my body. And it was like this sloth of disgusting energy that I was like, what are you (laughs) Hey Britt, what did you do to yourself? Why did you tell people? And then I was like, "Whoa, we are not shaming me for needing help." Since when are we in community to start shaming each other? And that was such a huge realization for me because there was a few people who came out of the woodwork and they were just like, "Bad, how dare you!" And I was like, "Whoa, mom." Um. <laughs> am I so terrible for needing help when I know every other person I talk to is going through something similar. And it's not about the car breakdown. It's like, but the resource of money is like, it feels, I know so many people who are like, I'm working 40, 60 hours a week and I don't make enough. And I'm like, but bro, you make double what I'm making. So what's happening to my life. And like all of the comparisons started coming out for me too. the comparisons of who makes what the judgments and jealousy is like, we're all also in me, like, and I needed to see that for myself as well because I was like, "Hey, jealousy is not something that I really often think about or deal with, or if it, if I do deal with it, it's on a minor scale, and it usually pertains to like love, but lately it's been around like resources, and I'm like, how can they have more resources than I do? And it's, but Britt, look at everything you have—everything you've ever wanted up until the whole car shenanigan. Like you had it, you have it still." And, and there's nothing wrong with where you're at. Now you're just judging yourself for this AKA lack, but the, there's no lack in having a real lesson and learning it. And so I'm just like looking around thinking maybe tomorrow I'm on top, but who, who, where is there like a, a real community center for people to go or like a hub for people to go and say, actually, I'm suffering from this. I need help and I need help in this way or that way. And it doesn't always have to be about money, but just asking. Just simply asking and opening that, that doorway to a bigger conversation is, again, like something that I'm seeing as a massive block for us asking for what we need. Because if you can't ask for what you need, you're not going to have exactly, right, the power that you want. It's so hurtful because then it just feels like you're denying yourself. And by doing so, we continue to allow that shadow to work through us in other areas of our lives. It just made me go what do i have to lose in opening that box with people who would not even want to have this conversation normally part of me wants to go knock on the door of like, I, I just want to send an email like a mass email to every boss i've ever had about like power and wielding it or the challenges around hey if you are in a position of power what can you do to help the people in your direct community it would be so easy for the co- like the corporation i work for to help me financially But it's not on their mind. It's not something that they're thinking about. And they're not thinking small community business anymore. They want to take over the world. So it's ick.
1: Everybody wants power. Everyone is after this.
0: But the real power is actually, and I believe this, and I'm sure that's different for everyone. But I just believe that the real power is seeing how you can help someone directly in front of you. That beautiful reciprocity of like when you can give, you do. And you can see the difference it's making. Not just some invisible difference. You can actually see in front of your face. That sings to the heart. And that's really what we want is that connection. But I don't feel like we're getting it because we keep... We're looking other places. Like you said, I thought I wanted the Tesla. And I thought I wanted stuff for my business that now I'm only realizing, oh, maybe I didn't want that. I think I wanted something else or I did want that at a, a time. And now I don't. And anyway, I hope that answered your question.
1: <laughs> good, Thank you. You're a fun, I just want to talk about you for a little bit. You're a phenomenal artist. You have an amazing business and making gorgeous earrings that I see on all types of people everywhere these days, <laughs> dried fruit covered in, what is it?
0: Uh, resin or epoxy. Resin,
1: epoxy. Yeah. That's just beautiful. And yeah, I my desire for so I want to dive into a little bit of what we wanted to talk about. Um, yeah. we already are talking about it, but I want to talk about realness around our identities and like mm-hmm. what that's like in our world. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. What people don't really understand or see about what it's like to be in black bodies and a lot of super white Pacific Northwest spaces and just our joy and our beauty is so palpable, our resilience and the gifts that it gives us are insane levels of resilience. Mm-hmm. Like insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's that giant level energy. It is that giant level energy, dude. It's a gift. And sometimes it's, oh man, it's, it wrecks. And so I'm just, yeah, I want to open that up to you to just share anything that's on your mind. Maybe you can just share how you identify. And I know that's not who you are because our mm-hmm. identities and who we are and what we do, like it's all of it is makes us, who we are in the world and you're yeah you're profound and brilliant and gorgeous and yeah I want to give it give you space to just share what's on your heart
0: yeah I, I love that you're like who what is your identity because that is a conversation that I don't think I've I think I'm only starting to dive into it a little bit more like the fact that you're bringing it up is oh yeah, what is my identity I often only think about my identity. In in a term when I'm like writing out some sort of grant funding for something. So that's a big question that they ask. But just so everyone knows, I am an African-American queer female. I would say that topic has been strange for me to identify myself as like just African American, because on my dad's side of the family, my great-grandmother is native, but like actually like native from the Blackfoot tribe. And the sad part about my family and regarding like race is that I don't know too much more from either side of my family after my great grandmothers on both sides. So it feels feels weird to not know even my African descent from Africa and not to know all of the native tribes that I have my family has been associated with However, we're here, and at this point, I just want to acknowledge that those are pretty big things for me, just because sometimes, you know, people have a lot of information about their backgrounds and their families for generations, and growing up, I didn't care for that, but now as I'm older, I'm like, it would be nice to know. I think that there was probably a lot of pain from definitely the slave trade, that maybe my family either lost their language or they... Didn't want to talk about what happened to them, which would absolutely make sense. I definitely know on both sides of my family, there are a lot of people who are not open about talking about their past. It's just too much for a lot of people and it's unfortunate. So, in a lot of ways, I've had to find out what I most identify with through like the spiritual realm, through dreams, through weird, weird downloads randomly um, about my family and our past um and i'm grateful for all of that because it almost rings more true cuz i'm like i can really sense that in my whole entire heart and being and soul yeah as for race has been an interesting topic for me growing up i don't really think i even cared about like some of the the obvious messiness of around race until i moved to seattle which was wild because <laughs> And that was the first, God, that was after 24 years of my life, I moved here and race really started to be shown to me in my face, who I am in the world and how much power I have and like how people see me. I used to live in Finney Ridge neighborhood, which was, it's a lot of old people who have wealth. They have their houses. And then it's like families who have wealth. And then it's just like young people probably in tech or whatever the case is. But very predominantly white and I remember one time walking down the street with my friend Olivia and Olivia's white but she's we're walking down the main street of, of this neighborhood and we're passing all the older people who are white and she's just like, whoa these white people are looking at you like so strange and I was like oh and I literally was like oh you didn't like you noticed that like it's so yeah. crazy <laughs> it's not something I like hourly t- talk about to people but I'm like yeah like I always get weird looks like hey, that's sure how it is here that's just my <laughs> life at this point point. and she's it's they overcompensating and like with their smile it's creepy and I was like yeah bro that's an everyday scenario and the fact that she pointed it out and was so weirded and icked out by it I was like, damn, that's sad that I've gotten used to this because I I was th- at that point, I think I'd lived there for three and a half years and I would do all of this shielding work on myself mm-hmm. just to mm-hmm. not like let that affect me because I am really sensitive. When I first got to Seattle, my God, it was like I've lived in I've lived in places where it's predominantly white. This isn't something unusual for me, but here it was so different, like People say they're liberal, people say they're like so pro, like Black Lives Matter and we care about people's rights a lot. I'm sure there there is that desire there, for lack of a better word, but there's also the noticing of how... Me, a brown person, a black person, is being treated in spaces that are predominantly white. It's wild. If you can really say, if you can say it, it's better to just, it's almost weird because I'm like, it's better to just show it with your action. It's not bad to have the signs. Personally, whatever. I'm not one of those people who cares about whether you have the sign or not. I still want to know if what you're saying is true or when I feel that. But at the end of the day, I'm like, you can put whatever sign you want. I just... When it comes down to it, where are you, what line are you, like, where are you standing if something like racial happened right in front of your face? I'm going to say a lot of people just freeze up and I've had to have patience around everyone's, whatever you say you are. I'm like, yeah, you might be supporting, but you're not doing anything right now when I need your help that has been a massive wake-up call for living in this city because at least in minnesota i don't really feel like a lot of people are like yeah we're so this or that i don't know i left after the whole black lives matter movement happened but i was here in the pacific northwest when it started to really come like out and forward and it's wild i don't know it's just it's a weird beast i think to live in a black body you have to just have a lot of grace twofold, 20-fold uh, of everyone's opinions or ideas or judgments, whether they're directly in your face or whether they're not. I don't really care if people personally are like, I don't like Black people. I actually think that's, I feel bad for people when they say that because I'm like, you've been in a vacuum for how long to make you believe that just because somebody's skin color looks a certain way that depicts your hate for them? That's an ignorant place to come from and that's a place of you've just been really sheltered. You haven't had the ability to expose yourself in a way where you could be making friends with so many cool people of color, but you've decided to put up a wall instead and and for what?
1: Hmm.
0: I've literally I don't even I don't even dislike people who say they don't like black people. I don't care. I do not care. I think I'm more afraid of the people who are like, I am pro-black people and don't yeah. do anything when I need them to. I that mean, scary. So that feels like the Twilight Zone.
1: It's so gas. Yeah. It, oh, I oh I know. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> 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 There's a couple of things I want to like first of all, just holding your story deeply holding you and your experience and can relate. Hashtag relatable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag relatable, yeah.
1: I was in Oakland earlier this week for a Yom Kippur event because I'm Jewish also. And that's a huge Mm. part of my, my identity. And two things. One is when I was leaving, I was staying at a friend's house who wasn't there and I was like walking, essentially walking into someone's house that I had no idea whose house it was, but I could stay there, I had consent to stay there. And I was like freaked out. I was like, "Oh my god, there's white people who live here. I'm like, I'm just a black person. <laughs> this is what goes through my head." Like, entering I, know, their home. I know, I know,
0: I <laughs> know.
1: <laughs> entering their home, they're gonna be freaked out. Holy fuck, bro. Met one of. The, I was like, I was more scared than she was. <laughs> like, she was like. People in who are around more diversity aren't afraid of us. They, like, love us. She saw me and she was like, hey, you're Ben's friend. Like, came, come in, came in for a Hugs. hug. I was <laughs> like, she's white. She's a little white Jewish person. I was like, whoa. Oh, my God. I love it here. I love that people aren't, their first reaction isn't fear. Mm-hmm. I my first reaction was fear because I'm so used to the Pacific Northwest and like my body, I can feel, you can feel the energy. You can feel people's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's palpable. <laughs> it's palpable, y'all. Like you can feel it. And there was that. And then also like at Yom Kippur, at the Yom Kippur event, I was in a hella white Jewish space with a whole nother vibe of being a Jew of color as being like the whole thing. Cause like, white Jews aren't erased from their whiteness. And one of the things that I loved was this girl was standing next to me at one point and she's like, "Hey, do you have a farm at the Occidental Farmers Market?" I was like, "No, I'm from Seattle." And she's like, "Yeah, that's right. I guess mean, she's she was, she, was, she was like, "Yeah, sorry, that's that's me being racist." Essentially, she was saying like that. She's like, "Yeah, probably racism." I was like, "Thank you. I feel safer with you now. Thank you for naming that. I literally feel safer that you were able to see that your judgments or perceptions are allocating me like connecting yeah. me, was part of your stuff and you named it and I I love, love
0: how beautifully that just rolled off the tongue. Just like probably racism. Isn't it easier than to have the harder conversations and it's let's just keep it moving. Cause yeah, yeah, it could be right. It's <laughs> like it's funny. I love that. I love that.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> here it's oh my God. It's like a whole I would rather not leave my house. Like it's a whole journey <laughs> to like have you
0: seen the and i'm sorry to cut you off i'm just like okay in comparison to that interaction have you seen when people do the opposite is did i say the wrong thing and they're like (laughs) their fucking gears are turning have you ever seen
1: no i haven't oh boy yeah Yeah, but i didn't have when you do
0: we'll talk about how funny it is it's funny i'm sure it has
1: but i just can't recall at the at this moment but Yeah, it's a whole journey here. Like walking into a room here, walking into a grocery store, walking. It's a whole journey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I have to put on my clothes and then I have to put on my like spiritual, energetic. Okay. I'm amazing. I'm amazing. I can. I'm safe. (laughs) I can do this. I'm going to, I can go out there and get, le- I just don't even look at people anymore. I try to be nice though. Like I want to be kind and sweet, but also yeah, being a black man, I'm, I'm like, why did I choose this? I was a black woman. That would have been easy. It's slightly easier.
0: It's in its own ways. It's, it's easier. In its in other it's, ways, I am harder. like, oh my God, the ways that people talk to me sometimes. I'm like, like the fuck, like, why would you talk to someone like that? It's wild. I the things I've seen come out of specifically white old men, they freak me out at this point in my life and not all old white men, but the majority of them. Sorry white dudes, but I've had white guys just tell me in mul- even in different ages too, like how I should be living my life, like how basically how my spirituality should just be completely detached from the way I live my life at all because it's not gonna serve me in this very capitalistic society. And if I need to get ahead, I should cut that part out. Just, and it's not said in that exact way, but boys, it said, it's disgusting. I'm like, ooh, the danger zones you're getting into.
1: Oh, I don't, oh God.
0: That shit hurts. I don't I don't want to say people don't talk to you like down to you in that way because I'm sure it happens but I'm just like the ways people have talked down to me it's astonishing because I'm like you really don't even see my humanity here you don't care that I might have a feeling there you don't care <laughs> that there are reasons to why I do the things that I do and the way I live the way I live let's just forget about that let me just put my bags down and start living like the rest of you all get my suitcase and button up t-shirt Oh
1: god. And it's but so go- subtle. Sometimes it's in a look or like the way people like move away from you or and I'm like and the the hardest part is for me sometimes in for example conflict in like white community the hardest part is like trying to decipher and trying to pull apart is, is this racism or is this just people being people. That's also a layer. We also have that extra layer of labor to try to unwind if something is racist or if it's just people not. It's
0: true. It's true. There are times where I'm like, there are times where I can tell it's, this isn't blatantly racist. It could, it, it, it intertwines with this, the white supremacy bullshit that we're all a part of, but it doesn't mean that it's directly like racist. However, that doesn't make it feel, I can't say it makes it feel any better, but it's, we don't like, for instance, I can see how the R word is used sometimes too quickly and then it's okay. But is it that, or is it this? And it really just depends. I think it takes, I think it takes having like a mediator sometimes to be like, is it that, like, is it that? I don't know. When I recently had a pick up with some coworkers of mine, I kept going back and forth on, is this racist or is this not? But I was like, at one point it was just like, I can see that the mistake was being made. I can see that this person was getting frustrated. I can see that's just how they are. But when it started to contend, like when certain actions just kept going, we had talked about this earlier this year, but when certain things just kept going and going in a very short time, I was like, I think the entitlement around how they think I should be feeling bad when they're being comforted by a group of people and they're crying after they directly hurt me, that is when it was like, yeah, that person is dramatic. This person is all of these other things, but. The way things started to unfold, it became very weird. I could see this ickiness where I was like, energetically, I'm seeing this having played out in multiple situations where the black person is considered the aggressor and the white person needs to now be coddled by a group of people and it's okay. But now I'm the isolated one. I don't understand what's happening. I had to keep going back and forth in my brain. Was it right for me to say it was racist or experienced racism? because I didn't get a lot of feedback when I needed it from the people in that company. So I was questioning myself, but then I was like, but Britt, you also know that this is,
1: this is a, it's weird. It's just like, you know, yeah. And when people are using, there's that whole trope of the white women tears, which is. Oh, Oh, so real. It's so real. It's yeah. And I've seen, heard of it. I've, I've perpetuated it in my own ways. It's like their, like their feelings or their needs or their, everything is like more important than anything you need, anything that you might be feeling, any ways that you've been hurt, their, like white people's experience is Trump, like Trump's it doesn't it's they're the focus. Mm -hmm. And it's they can say or do whatever and people will. Yeah, people will essentially coddle them and isolate you and. And and even if you have perpetuated harm, everybody does. It's just if people like everybody does and still white people's belonging continues to be more intact.
0: That's bringing up like. Like a specific thing that happened when I moved back to Seattle, like when I lived in that neighborhood again, Finney Ridge, how I worked for this white lady who was, who had brain cancer and her neighbor was like... (laughs) so difficult like one of the most difficult people i've ever worked with a white woman from new york very like rooster energy it's my space what i say goes anyway there was this one time we had this hiccup me and this lady and i was just i don't want to deal with this person but she was like demanding that if i didn't show up to this one meeting with her at this time to talk about a disagreement we had she was like i'm gonna tell everybody she decided to tell everybody anyway. And then like, I became isolated in that community. Like people stopped wanting to deal with me because she just was like this loud lady that no one necessarily liked, but it was like her, what she said went and like her feelings mattered so much more than mine at all. And I was like, I don't know you people. I'm young. I'm the only person of color in all of this community. And there was like, it didn't feel like there was a lot of support in the complications of whatever was happening in this family. It was just like a lot of family feuds over essentially who had power over somebody else's life. It was wild, but it was weird. I don't like, I don't want to be like, it's all about like white people doing wrong. Cause I don't think that's the case, but I definitely didn't feel in that situation that The people who needed to come and talk to me were like, yo, Brit, this is really awkward, I'm sure. And this person has a say and they're really loud. But it's also important that you tell us from your perspective what you think is happening, too. There's some obvious bullying happening here in this community. And I. If I put myself in your shoes, it would probably be very overwhelming. And maybe I can sense you're isolating because of this and this. It would be really nice if more people had the power tools to be like conflict resolution folk, I don't think a lot of us have that. I don't think anyone across the board really has that, which is unfortunate. But boy, like when you start to humanize people, it makes a big difference, whether it's a racial conflict or not. Mm -hmm. it's just like how would I feel in that situation I think the biggest thing around like when we do call out racism as black and brown people is that there seems to be a wall that goes up when there are like other white people around they're like oh my god defenses get them up and it's it's not about attacking you as a white person it's just like this permeating like whiteness in our society is here and it's present and By you trying to ignore it, are you saying, oh, it's about this again? Of course, it's about racism, like chewing it off as that is not helpful. We all have that judgment, like within us. There are times I judge Black people more than like white people are judging them. And I'm like, whoa, like that's crazy. And I have to check myself.
1: Absolutely. That is, that's real. It's all, it's in all of us. And, Yeah, it's a deep shadow. And to be impacted by this shadow and perpetuate it in small ways, but be deeply impacted by it, it's very intense and overwhelming. And I see you as someone who does such a good job of self-resourcing. You have such a beautiful home. You focus on your art. You have an amazing dog. You walk. You spend time in nature. You take such good care of yourself. You are your fashion is on fire you it's you create warmth for yourself as resource in so many ways and you don't let yourself be stopped by by what you look like and i see that and you keep showing up you give people the benefit of the doubt you love everyone and see the good and shadow in everyone and i'm it you're, it's miraculous you, I really look up to you and the ways that you move through the world. And I love that for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and cool. for me too.
0: I love that for you. Oh. That's lovely. Thank you, Alico. I look Ed. up to you too. I'm like, how is Alico just such a beautiful powerhouse? But you're also all of those things that you said about me. And you're also this person who's just, I'm willing to do the work that needs to be done so we can have a better home on this planet. And I'm like, yes, like I'm rooting, like you're the dream that I wanted to see in this lifetime. There are so many times I'd be like, no, we can have a better society. And people be like, no, we can't like, you're wild. You're crazy for thinking that. But then I like, I met you and I met so many other wonderful people in our community and I was like. Bro, but like Aliko was like our like baby father, brother, like <laughs> just doing it. Just like willing to go out of your own way to make beautiful things for others in this little beehive of a community. And I think the world of you, I
1: really do. I love you, Britt. Do you have any I closing thoughts for us? Thank you. I received <laughs> that. I received that.
0: Yeah. Further thoughts? I Further don't know. Thoughts.
1: What are you going to do thoughts. to resource yourself after this call?
0: What am I going to do to cleanse myself after this we, call?
1: Yeah, that too. Resource <laughs> yourself.
0: <laughs> ah, That's a great question. Aliko, I know I need to get ready for my day.
1: Get it, girl.
0: And I also need to empower myself to find a really great job. Yay!
1: I love this for you. Yeah. I believe in you so hard.
0: Thank you, I know you do. I believe in you.
1: Yo everyone, thank you so much for listening. That was epic. Check out brits Instagram, heirloom, H E I R L O O M, dot wellness on Instagram. Make sure to follow, keep track of her. She's going places. She's a model. She's so many things. Um, I love her so much. And you can also, yeah, follow For the People podcast um, on our website, on my website, our website, one day, one day. Uh, alico west w e s t e dot com, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Blessings, y'all.